This episode is brought to you by My Inner Dance, a lifestyle and fashion brand inspired by Belladance. There you can find a great selection of different items starting from training outfits that can definitely enhance and inspire you to train even more and with more energy to very cute items for day-to-day life that will remind you about your dance and help to bring your passion into your everyday regular life. Uh, that can be a great option for a cute gift for yourself or even for your friends. One of my favorite items is definitely a mug uh, with a lovely image of dancer and drummer and a cheat sheet with the most basic and common ballad dance rhythms that are very confusing often, so it's always good to start the morning on a dance mood and with a little reminder about those rhythms. You can find all a great selection of different items at the website myinnerdancer.com. Welcome to Baladance Live podcast with weekly portion of stories, tips and dance inspiration. My name is Jana Komarnitska, I'm your host and I invite you to explore all nuances of Baladance Live together with me and our amazing guests. Let's start! Hello everyone, how is it going? Welcome back to podcast and today we have one more best of episodes and during this March, which is typically a season of Persian New Year or No Rules, dancers have a lot of gigs and the more I was sharing on my social media about my own dance adventures, the more I was receiving questions from you. How can I start performing solo as well? I want also to get some performances and gigs uh, uh, for different events, restaurants, uh, weddings. Uh, how can I start actually performing solo? So I decided to put together this uh, episode. You will hear two of our amazing guests, Valerik Molinari and Maria Sokolova, as well as we actually will start with this episode with uh, my own own little portion of tips, uh, which will be a playback of uh, Ask uh, Yana Dems. I hope you know about this Q&A that I do once in a while and releases a video actually. And you can always submit your own question and uh, hopefully if I know the answer or I know some tips or have some suggestions, I will uh, share it with you. And you can be as detailed as you want or maybe not as much detailed, but my suggestion is always the more specific question you ask, the more specific answer you will get or at least you'll have more chances to receive more specific uh, answer so you can always submit your question to this show at yanadance.com ask i will add uh, a link in the show notes you can review previous videos um, i was replying to all sort of different questions starting from gigs live to training and some terminology in the past as well as the same page you can submit your own question there but for the purpose of this episode i chose my answer to two questions specifically one was exactly like the name of this episode how to start uh, 
promoting and performing a solo and another one was more specific um, and exactly about restaurant gigs and how to get into the restaurant gigs world at your local uh, community so uh, hopefully that will be helpful and after that there will be following two other parts from our previous interviews one is Valerik Molinari which was the episode number 11 and this girl is absolutely amazing the tips that she shared in her her experience both as a traveling touring artist and active performer at her local um, places and venues I highly recommend if you missed that episode uh, go back to episode number 11 and listen to it uh, listen to it or if you heard it already I'm sure uh, re-listening to a part of that interview in this episode will be a great reminder and refreshing experience uh, for you anyway and also uh, we will close up with another story from uh, Maria Sokolova about how she started her performance career at local venues so we are, in this episode we are talking specifically about uh, gigs and uh, local uh, gigs uh, not international scene necessarily but more performing at restaurants and private events corporate events and how she got into this uh, sphere and uh, her suggestion because she's not only performing herself but she's actually forwarding other dancers her students to perform at different venues so it's, she's sort of uh, working as the, their uh, manager so it's very interesting to hear experience from both uh, perspective from dancer and more like managing <laughs> position so hopefully it will be useful for you and uh, as usual if you find this episode useful don't forget to let uh, me know and our guests know as well as share it with your friends because I am more than sure that your dance friend will always appreciate a new portion of tips or suggestions and uh, the more we support each other the more we can uh, grow together so let's dive into the episode but just uh, before that a quick thank you to our supporters Baladance Evolution Following Jelena's BDE activities, I am always impressed with the level of their theatrical performances as well as educational programs that serves dancers at all levels. Don't forget that applications for Jelena's BDE experience in New Bern, North Carolina are still open. Also, you can now audition to join the cast for their 10th anniversary Best of BDE performance in Los Angeles. Please visit BalladanceEvolution.com for more information about it. question is, what are some tips to start promoting yourself as a soloist to book shows? Hmm. That's a good question. And I can talk a lot here about a website, a promotion, a marketing, a business card. There is a lot of this stuff. But if the core principles are not set, that doesn't matter. There are many promotional tools and you can choose whatever works for you better and for your market. But four things I believe has to be in place to make everything else work. First of all, you need to know your market. You need to know who is there, who are other performers, and you need to know the venues that you can perform, and you need to know the price range. 
This will help you to establish first to network with other dancers because to book your first shows you can uh, literally just reach out to dancers or oh, I want to perform if you ever need a sub or you ever need a second dancer which it's not exactly the group performance if it's a duo maybe it's a first dancer does first act and she needs second dancer to do right after her so it's still a solo performance but you can reach out to dancers to start networking so they can bring you in the market automatically. Uh, also, uh, if you know the venues where you can perform, you can reach out to managers or owners or basically to those venues saying, I'm new dancer, I want to uh, book shows, let's try to collaborate and then go from there on. And you need to know the prices because you definitely don't want to undercard. There is a lot talked and written about undercutting and um, it will definitely harm, first of all, you. Uh, but you need to know the whole price range. What is the minimum price uh, available on the market and what is the highest price available in the market and then seeing and match the dance skills to those prices and know where to position yourself because if you are uh, just new uh, beginning dancer maybe you don't have skills enough to charge the most uh, price uh, level of available the market but at the same time never go with the least possible and for sure never go beyond whatever uh, least possible you find so Anyway, the main principle first is to know your market, know the who is on the market, venues where you can perform and the price range. And then you can, from this knowledge, build your own strategy of how to promote uh, your shows. Second principle, always things from the customer point of view. So imagine you are a client who wants to book a, a show. How would you search? Maybe for belly dance it's easier for you because you are in the market. But imagine, I don't know, you want to do uh, first maybe ballroom dancers. How would you search them? Would you go search on internet which keywords you will use? Or will you uh, go to some, I don't know, magazines or anything? Just think in your city, in your area, if you are a customer. And I do force you to think about belly dance specifically, like try to abstract from all your knowledge that you have from being a belly dancer. Just imagine that you have no idea about belly dance, you just want to find a belly dancer. How would you do it? And then this will give you ideas where people are searching for ballet dancers and which uh, tools other ballet dancers use to promote their shows. So you know the streams how to promote your own shows. So this is the second uh, principle. Think, uh, imagine that you are a client, imagine that you are a customer and you want to find ballet dancer, how will you do it? And then place yourself as a ballet dancer on those spots, those places where people will be searching uh, to hire ballet dancers third principle is treat it as a business like i know as a dancers we all talk about art and our love and passion to this art and we want to be creative and all this is true but if you want to uh, book your shows you do need to treat it as a business and you do need to treat it as a sale and exchange of money for services and there is nothing wrong with it i feel that a lot of artists have problems specifically dancers belly dancers we are talking here they have a problem of treating it as a business as if it's something bad or oh it's underneath me i'm much higher i'm talking about art what what business you're talking about 
But if you want someone to hire you, this is the act of business operation. They give you money, you give them service. So in order to build a successful career or a side gig, if it's not your full-time uh, ambition to be, become a, a full-time belly dancer eventually, but even if it's a side gig, if you want to book shows, treat it as a business and make sure that you have uh, appropriate business education, that you don't only focus on improving your dance skills, which is very crucial. If you follow me on other platforms, you probably hear me all the time saying your shows, your business promotion, business cards. So I'm not saying don't uh, think about your dance skills. No, 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 no. They are very, very important. But also together with dance skills, you need to develop your business skills, your sales skills. And uh, books, blogs, podcasts, uh, some trainings, they can be very helpful. It doesn't mean that you become a salesperson, but you need to have those skills to make sure you can promote your business, uh, your dance business in this case. So together with developing and learning new dance skills, always pay attention and keep improving your business skills and uh, your business education if you want to have it sustainable and successful. And the last uh, key principle that I would say here, uh, don't take personal the word no. You will have a refusal. You will have clients who say, uh, oh no, I found someone else, or I don't need your services, or it's too expensive, or I'm not really into the costumes that you're using, or I didn't really enjoy your video that I decided to hire someone else. All these things will happen, especially in the beginning. Don't take it personal because you actually do want to have some no's together with some yeses so there should be a balance if you only get only yeses everyone hires you probably you're on the charge so rethink your pricing but if you have a good balance of someone says you no and someone says you yes means you're on the right way and then you just need to see where to improve do you need to improve your marketing strategy do you need to improve your dance show so meaning your dance skills do you need to improve your dance presentation but in any case don't be afraid of rejection and just go for it because a lot of dancers they don't promote uh, their shows no a lot of dancers will say oh i i don't feel like promoting my shows i feel it's too selfish or something like that but in reality, if you really dig into, uh, usually what stops us from promoting is our fear of rejection. Oh, but what if they say no? Or I will be discouraged. And then we keep hearing a couple no's in a row and then we think, oh, we, we need to stop it. We need to go somewhere else. No, learn to hear no just as an experience is just a matter of you provide the services and your services don't match their needs. Or you can even think this client didn't match my services, whatever works for you. Uh, but uh, I think this is the fourth uh, key principle of promoting your, uh, as a soloist, promoting yourself, your shows, either it is solo or group or whatever you're promoting, but starting promoting your shows, your dance shows is the fourth key principle is to learn to uh, treat no just as a normal thing and don't take it personal, which is very difficult but very crucial and then once you have these four principles embedded then it will be very clear for you what's next do i need to put a website do i need to do a, a business card do i need to do networking because this will be different from every for every specific country and even city uh, that's why i didn't start talking specifically about 
or send business cards or something like that, which can be, but first you need to have a core and then it will be very clear for you what exactly you need to do to promote specifically your services. Next question, how to start performing in restaurants? Do I have to ask a manager or owner? How can I approach them? Do they need some proof of my skills? So, a lot of things to talk. So, first of all, find out who is responsible for um, the dancers. And if it's a one dancer as a, a house dancer, so she performs every time there, or do they rotate dances? Because many places, many restaurants, they actually rotate dances, so it's not just one person uh, performing there, but uh, uh, they do rotate dances. And sometimes it's one dancer who is responsible for scheduling everyone, sometimes it's the manager, sometimes it's a musician, and sometimes it's the owner who does these schedules. So how to find out who is responsible for that? First of all, you can uh, just go to restaurant and ask uh, the waiter, it's also actually good to uh, go once and check uh, how the shows are at the restaurant. And then uh, after meal, maybe you can ask the waiter or the manager there. Oh, by the way, who is responsible uh, for scheduling the dancer? I'm a dancer. I would like to uh, get in contact with that person too. And they will forward you. Usually they will forward you to whoever is um, responsible for this. Also, you can reach out to dancer and ask the same question, or I would like to perform, do you know with whom I can talk about this? In this case, the dancer may forward, you may not, it depends on her relationship with a restaurant and how open she has to have uh, other dancers involved in, but if it's a, a rotation of dancers, usually uh, there is no problem with that, usually everyone is uh, just forwarding it to the uh, contact person. And also you can do a promotion, like one uh, one case that I got in performing into one restaurant was uh, basically I send uh, to many different restaurants uh, my brochure uh, explaining what I do, who I am, what are my skills, and uh, I just mailed it to the address of the restaurant, which you can find on any website or Google Maps uh, to know um, where the what's the address of the restaurant. Of course, it always helps to uh, send directly to specific person, but even if you don't know, you can send just mail to the uh, restaurant. Uh, this way, in my case, I send about I send a bunch of them. Like it's kind of costly. Um, way of promoting yourself but at the same time i got involved into one uh, performing at one restaurant and i was working there for a year or so uh, so this is uh, literally a way to spread the word about your services and then basically you mail these brochures and wait for other people to uh, contact you but again you need to be ready that nobody will actually reach back to you because this is a promotion material some people may not even realize what's that and just throw it away like we all do is ads in our mailboxes so, but it's another way to, to reach out. So the part on how to approach people. So literally you can just go to restaurant and ask whoever is performing. You can uh, email uh, to owner or manager, whoever you can find on their contact list. You can uh, submit a form via website. And uh, basically once you reach to the person who is uh, responsible for dancers, you can uh, offer that, oh, I'm a da new dancer, for instance, and I want to perform at your restaurant. How is it possible? Do you look for new spots? And you can also uh, not only offer yourself as a part of the uh, 
rotation uh, dense rotation there but also you can first just ask oh if you ever need a sub i'm willing to sub and then just wait patiently till they call you and sometimes you can remind them if they don't reach out to you uh, one main thing that i will say here uh, never try to undercut existing uh, restaurant rate always inquire okay what's your rate what you usually pay to dancers and stick to this rate uh, unless you're trying to bring it high but never try to put it down uh, thinking that it will give you a gig and uh, uh, instead of other dances you will be performing there because you only harm yourself by this uh, with the time you will realize that the number of gigs is not really the uh, best thing ever you actually need to have a balance between how much they're paid and how much you perform because it's a physical activity it's uh, usage of your costume it's use of your time which uh, later you will value a lot and the overburn is really real this is a different topic i don't want even to go into that but my high higher higher recommend strong recommendation is never try to put prices in the restaurant specifically because they are already lower than the regular private trades for um for private functions so never try to put restaurant rates even lower than they already exist there so find out what the restaurant is paying currently to their dancers uh, or if it's a new restaurant that uh, doesn't have a dancers and you just want to approach them, let's do a dance show, which you can do in the same ways as finding out who is the manager responsible for entertaining program in the restaurant. But you can uh, see what rate is average in the city among other restaurants and then just keep the same or try even to put higher, but never go really uh, lower because in the long term it will harm only you. Plus it will spoil your relationship with other dancers who work in the same either venue or field so they will never lead uh, their gigs to you if they need a sub they will find someone who is working on a, a same uh, rate and the same terms as they do plus it's super super difficult to get the pay up for the restaurant gigs so if you want to put it down it will be very very difficult for you or other dancers to bring it later up so never go down stay the same or even try to bring it a little bit up but in terms of how to approach uh first contact them and say i want to perform in the restaurant just ask them what are the options if it's possible or or not offer uh, yourself as a sub dancer and then just wait whenever they need uh, uh, someone to uh, sub uh, their dancer they will call you and this is your ticket in basically like they see you once and then they may want to keep you on a regular basis but one uh, nice way to get into the restaurant that already have uh, dancers who are performing there just offer or if you need have a sub i'm here i'm willing to help Regarding proof of skills, yes, they will usually uh, will want to see, uh, first of all, your videos. That's a basic thing. You don't need necessarily to have a website, but you need to see, uh, to have some videos that you can present them. Sometimes they ask for costumes, but usually as a proof of skills, they want um, videos or uh, they will just offer you a trial show. Sometimes the restaurants are trying to get a trial show from you for free. I'm not a big fan of it. I uh, never agreed uh, to do a free uh, show as a trial. I think it needs to be uh, paid. Uh, but again, it depends on your city and depends what uh, is the regular basis in the restaurant in your city. Because if, uh, if it's normal, 
in your city that the first join restaurant is a trial and free so that they can see not only your dance calls on the video, but they actually want to see you live, how you interact with people and how you manage the space and how is your work ethic. Because for long-term uh, relationships, this is very uh, important, not only how you dance, but how you, uh, how professional you behave before and after, and of course, during performance. So Sometimes restaurants may try to get it for free as your first show, but never ever agree to do more than one show for free. And even if they ask for free, make sure that this is not just them trying to get a free show from you and just let you go. So for them, it's one evening that they don't need to pay a dance. And make sure that this is a regular uh, policy, how they did it with other dancers or how some other restaurants do it. So try to make sure that they are just not trying to uh, get advantages of uh, you asking them uh, to get you involved in the restaurant. Because once you agree to do a couple shows for free, for them it's like, why would I pay her if she already performs for free? Along with international travels, you also perform uh, locally in Miami from time to time. I don't know if it's on a regular basis. Weekly, weekly. I perform weekly in different restaurants. I'm part of a company that is called Your Squisite Entertainment, that it's directed by Vanessa Romero. And Vanessa is a fabulous dancer from Miami that she's lucky enough that many of the owners of the restaurant trust her work and she has decided to uh, shoot mm -hmm. some of the top dancers here in Miami and she do the schedule for us for different restaurants and we're very happy to be working with her. So as a working dancer, I teach weekly and I perform also in the weekends in different restaurants in the South Florida mm -hmm. area. And they're getting into... Uh let's say, local commercial dance world? Was it something that happened just naturally or was it one of your goals that you were working towards too? No, I, I guess something that happened naturally. The first one that connected me was Amida, which is a student of Virginia. And I have met her from the workshop circuit. So when I got to Miami, she contacted me and she's like, ah, Valerie, I do the days for this restaurant. I think you will be great. So she invited me, mm -hmm. and then Vanessa invited me to. So, yes, I wanted to work on the restaurant, but I think uh, it, it did really happen very naturally, to be honest. And for those dancers, because I know a lot of... Uh, uh, performers, they want to start performing, and maybe not on international stages right away, but at least at their local uh, venues, and uh, many of them don't really know how to start. So seeing already this world from inside, mm -hmm. all in your case, uh, you started like more natural through connections, but seeing this world still for this many years from inside, what would be your advice? First, how for performer to uh, identify if she is ready or not to present herself as a professional dance performer and if she is ready how where to start <laughs> yeah i think it's very important to recognize the leaders of your community if you're gonna go and you want to ask for you want to work in this restaurant you have to contact the dancer that is working there because of course this is somebody that is making a living too <laughs> Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, this is why some people don't understand 
And this is why maybe somebody could get offended if you go to somebody else work to get for to get a work. You know, mm -hmm. you have to be very respectful with your colleagues. As an outsider from this community, I let my the dancers of South Florida, South, South Florida, let me know how what were the ethics of this community. Mm. Okay. So I think that was a very important factor that I do consider Amida, which is the person that takes charge of the restaurant Marouche, and she's a dancer, and Vanessa are great about it. They are open to receive any dancer that wants to work, but they tell them exactly the rules. They tell them we don't undercut. They tell them this is how much we charge. You should not be charging less than this. You should finish your work and get paid immediately. Do not allow that they tell you that you can come tomorrow. So they have very strong uh, rules and ethics about working. So I think a great idea is to find these leaders in your community and let them mentor you. Mm -hmm. Because in our case, I feel that we work very good the gigging here in the restaurants. I, I do feel that uh, I am blessed to have the colleagues that I have because we support each other so much. <laughs> mm. But at the same time, uh, yeah, we, we talk. If we know that there's a dancer that undercut, we go to them not to threaten them, to tell them why this is wrong and how can we help her. Mm. And I think this is very important. So my recommendation to any new dancer that wants to work in the entertainment business, meaning restaurants, I would recommend them to go and contact the dancer that is managing there, tell them their concerns, and try to get a mentor that could help them uh, achieve that, that, that work. But you have to also show respect for the working dancers that are already uh, working there. Because uh, for me, I am making a living out of those restaurant gigs. Um, so it's a delicate situation, but if we all support each other, uh, it could be really beneficial for everybody. Wow, I'm so glad you brought up this uh, topic about uh, having more supportive community because I found the dancers sometimes, or in some cases very often, <laughs> treat each other more as uh, competitors and that they need to sort of divide this uh, pie and try to get the biggest uh, piece of the pie for themselves instead of thinking that yes. if we start collaborating, we actually can grow and bake the bigger pie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And we support each other a lot in that sense. Uh, and I, I'm very happy of, of these ladies uh, and the way they... That one of us get a, a restaurant gig and we just give it to each other. <laughs> mm. uh, so we are, I, I do feel here in the area of Miami, I am very happy with the work that we have done um, when it comes to the restaurant scene. I love them all and, and, and I think we're very respectful with the work of everybody. Mm. That's really amazing to, to hear. And I also like your take on the... Uh, problem of undercutting that instead of uh, um, let's say feeling aggressive towards dancers who undercut go opposite and 
try to talk to them and uh, offer them help because uh, sometimes people do it without understanding that they actually harm not only the community exactly. itself, they harm themselves too. Exactly. Because they, can, exactly. they could have got much more out of their work and energy. Exactly, exactly. I think that's one of the biggest issues that they don't understand that it's very difficult to bring the value up once you bring it down. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. Another thing that I notice many dancers have an issue with is promoting themselves or promoting, I would say, their services. Why do you think uh, uh, mm -hmm. this happens? And if you notice that mm -hmm. if this happens in Miami too, because I just talk from my experience and my observations, but maybe, uh, maybe um, do, do you feel that dancers have problems mm -hmm. with treating their art also as a business and necessity of promoting themselves if they want to work there in this field? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, promoting yourself, you're trying to be a working dancer is a must. It's not something that you just put on the, it's something that has to become a priority. If you want to be a working dancer, promoting yourself means that you care that your work, it's seen and value and that you care that people see your work that's all you do when you're promoting yourself mm. you just want to make sure that all that time that you rehearse all that money that you spend on workshops you could actually exhibit you can actually show it if you don't promote yourself then you just don't care As simple as that. I don't. I just mm. see it like I. I think that's a very lame excuse of saying, "Oh, I don't. I just don't like to promote myself." I please, <laughs> like, why are you even mm. dancing? <laughs> like, like, and and now with the platforms that we have with the social media, it's incredible how easy is this compared to before, where you have yeah, to, you know, print. 5,000 flyers and you don't even know where they will finish. <laughs> um, so I think uh, this issue of promoting yourself, you know, I, I opened Facebook when I moved to Spain, uh, when I was doing this internship that you talk about the beginning of the, of the podcast. And I used Facebook in the beginning to let my parents know where I was that day in Spain or what I was doing. <laughs> so for me, I kind of created the habit of using Facebook every day uh, to say what I was doing. So for me, it's very natural. It's very easy to promote mm -hmm. my classes. And basically, that's all that I, all, all I do. I promote very little about my personal life uh, on, on my Facebook. My Facebook has uh, the purpose of it's a business page. Um, so mm -hmm. for me, promoting yourself, and I know that for many people it's difficult, I try to bring my creative process to the promoting and marketing of my art, uh, by either I get very involved in the graphic design, uh, experience. I enjoy it a lot. Um, and I learn a lot through the marketing, um, Yeah, you have to promote yourself. There's no other option. I don't think you need a manager. I don't think you need, you know, you just have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah, I guess also the uh, pain point on this is that uh, dance is so connected to our own bodies that 
people sometimes don't differentiate that they by we are using all the phrase oh we are promoting promote yourself promote yourself but by this we actually mean promote your dance services in this case yes and uh, yes. like all the struggles gets from misinterpreting this phrase promote yourself as if you are literally promoting yourself as a person and it may yeah. sound shallow or something like that but we are actually talking about dance services or dance performance and uh, it also brings to another uh, issue that uh, pricing is very painful sometimes because both uh, ways how to price because we kind of don't really differentiate okay this is a dance service and this needs to be done for this performance to be uh, created or to be done uh, not considering that we have some expenses and not maybe sometimes actual yes. expenses but even time or energy expenses that we are as a let's say if we were employees in the company we were compensated for yes. this <laughs> but in the dance world we sort of just think about very minimalistic uh, requirements for for mm -hmm. dance performance that needs to to happen and at the same time whenever someone is trying to negotiate pricing we also don't really differentiate often that this person is actually talking about dance services but we take it too personal sometimes as if we we are talking about price for ourselves <laughs> you know yes um, yes 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 i i agree totally with everything you said uh, and one more uh question that i was really curious to ask is that you are both international performer performing often uh, different events in all over the countries performing on big stages and at the same time you also perform locally in the restaurants and one of the tendencies that mm -hmm. i um keep seeing uh talking to dancers who are more into festival world that they treat restaurant gigs um, mm, as sort of less prestige but more often less complicated as stage performances and usually mm -hmm. i hear it from dancers who i feel they don't really have much experience in the restaurant gigs world uh so yeah. you as a performer successful performer on both arenas uh how what's your uh, opinion on it and uh, what's your approach and differences or similarities between these two two fields <laughs> restaurants are the number one place to promote this art form in the u.s mm. i see it as a way to show the audience the real thing in a really respectful way i enjoy it a lot i've been performing in restaurants since i was 18 years old so for me it's a weird friday or saturday if i don't perform um, and I do enjoy it. And I think it's difficult to be a restaurant dancer. I don't think it's as easy as people uh, like to think about it. And I don't think it's less prestige. Uh, we are blessed uh, here in Miami to make a really good living doing a 20 minute show in a restaurant. It's, it's unbelievable that you with 20 minutes, of course it requires, for those 20 minutes requires years of experience. But compared to a farmer, we are really making a good amount of money for the little time that we're performing. I think this is a perfect place for me to get students to promote my festival uh, 
and 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 to keep my practice i i i hate that people see in in a demeaning way the restaurant dancers uh because um I do feel they make a lot of people fell in love with the art of belly dance. Um, and a lot of people come to class because they saw a dancer and they fell in love with her performance. So I enjoy a lot the festival uh, circuit because, of course, I'm dancing for belly nerds and, and people can understand my work differently. But I felt with a lot of pressure, too, because... Uh, Dancers, dancing for dancers are probably the most scariest audience ever mm. um, because they know they are not necessarily all the time the most, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say supportive. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You can be doing the drum solo of your life and they're not even clapping. They're just being very, uh, they're, they're, they're watching, uh, they're trying to pay attention to every detail. So they don't necessarily are thinking about giving you that energy back because they are just trying to be very analytical mm-hmm. about what you're doing on stage. And the people from the restaurant, they're just looking to celebrate their birthday. You know, they're just looking for you to bring their friend up to dance and, mm-hmm. and make a fool of himself. And um, I am happy to know that I am part of those personalized experiences of people. I love and I have found myself crying when I'm celebrating a 80-year-old birthday and the entire family is just there. And then you're going to be in the pictures of the family forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a beautiful job. I don't... And I, I do love it, to be honest. I do love it. For me, it's going to be very difficult when I get to that transition where I feel it's time to stop working in the restaurants. Um But uh, for me, it has been a learning experience. It's practice. Um, and and I, I really enjoy it a lot. Well, I'm sure many, many more years and many more families will uh, see your know, great dance performance at their events before that transition happens. Um, but um, uh, I do, do feel you in many ways. Like I agree that bringing happiness to someone's celebrations is a great job. And... Uh, But at the same time, there are uh, stages, and uh, um, for each for each uh, each part of dance uh, career. <laughs> yes, uh, and I think it, it's good. There's some dancers that are great on stage, mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily good entertaining audiences. Right. You know, there's two different mm-hmm. type of performances, and it's fine. You don't need to be perfect in all of them. Uh, but at the same time, it's difficult to entertain people. It's not, uh, it's not easy, especially when it's people that they don't know anything <laughs> about this. Yes. Uh, true. Okay, let's dive a little bit into your uh, first uh, gig. Then your teacher first uh, uh, mm. called you and asked, oh, can you sub me? And it was your first paid paid performance. So we're not talking about student performances, paid performance. Uh, how how did you feel then? What, what was happening in your head? Uh, was you like um, excited? Yes, I want to try. I'm ready. Or was it again that uh, little fear <laughs> like in your head? Can you Can you share a little bit? I was uh, I was obviously excited. Yes, I don't think I was sleeping that night or eating that day. <laughs> All the 
it was a little reference show, but it was it was still something. Um, I mean, thanks God, I at least have some solo performance uh, experience by then at the community events. So it wasn't like my first ever stage show, but um, first uh, paid uh, show. And um, I was familiar with the place. I was familiar with the restaurant. I already knew the mm. owners because I've been there many times. No, it wasn't as scary as the first class. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was a little bit nervous, but uh, the audience was great. Uh, everyone loved it. Uh, I was invited back, and uh, yeah, I think it went well. It's awesome. I was super excited. I was super excited, I remember. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. And uh, now you're basically a full-time dancer, is that correct? Yes, Yeah. correct. Uh, and you have a lot of regular shows in uh, several different restaurants. I was looking mm-hmm. at your schedule. You basically perform every week, uh, like uh, a yes. few times a yeah. week at least. Mm-hmm. And also, you are participant at Paladin's uh, community events, like you go to festivals, you sometimes teach, perform. So uh, I wanted to ask your opinion. What would you consider as the biggest difference between stage performance and restaurant performance? And which one is your personal mm-hmm. preference? <laughs> Uh, it's easy to guess. I think all the uh, restaurant performance um, performers uh, have uh, their restaurants as <laughs> a reference for their performance. <laughs> yeah, it's been I, it's been almost fifteen years that uh, I've been performing like three four nights a week every single week. So it's been a lot, a lot, and a mm-hmm. lot of performing. <laughs> and um, Unless I take vacation and travel somewhere, I'm always there and I'm always here, uh, no matter what. And I, um, I absolutely prefer smaller, you know, enclosed environments, uh, being closer to people rather than being on a big stage. All the big stages, of course, has advantages too. But uh, my preference was always close to the people, uh, probably because I'm I'm used to doing it. But um, I also feel like. Belly dancing especially is meant to be uh, um, more next to people rather than on stage. On stage, I feel very lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you, it's big stage, it's those lights in your eyes. You don't see the faces, you don't see the audience. And for me, the connection with the audience is, uh, is a key. It's a, it's a must moment. When I don't see them, I have to have imaginary audience in my head. <laughs> And smile, you know, in the emptiness, pretending I'm seeing some faces. So, um, yeah, it's really, it's really about the people. Um, I think it comes from the um, the restaurant experience adds entertainment value. So it's not just the art of dancing anymore; it's uh, entertaining people. Mm-hmm. And on stage, it's much more, much more difficult to get because uh, the connection is lost between you and the audience. I mean, it's there, but it's much more further away. You know, you don't see them. They don't see you. They don't feel your presence right next to them. And um, I'm all into entertainment. I'm into seeing my audience, grabbing them and holding them, holding their attention and making it interesting for them every single moment. Not just showcasing my technique or my artistry, but for them to, you know, making 
this event for them memorable by feeling something and experiencing something. I want to make them laugh. I want to make them smile. I want to make them, you know, feel something that they will remember. Yeah, that's so true. Like stage performance uh, and restaurant performance, they're so different in energy. And uh, it's not even that one is worse or bad. They're just so, so different. They're very different. Yeah, I agree. They're not, there is no bad and, and, and good one. I mean, they're both great. And I'm happy to see how Oriental Dance elevated, you know, to the to the level where you can see it on the big stages next to ballet and everything. I think it's a great achievement. And um, it is it is great to see it on stage, especially, you know, the more theatrical shows. But um, all those uh, nightclub experience, they, you know, like, it's it's different yeah when you are performing at least like three four times per week for mm-hmm. many several years at least yeah how how to keep it interesting and exciting for you because it can can become more like very not boring mm-hmm. but it's sort of the same like yeah it's different music it may be different costume but at the end in general picture it's sort of the same so did you ever face the moment that like oh i don't want to do it or it's boring or or was it always exciting for you or like how, how was it for you believe it or not but it's always exciting hmm. and sometimes i'm surprised myself i've been thinking i've been doing like this thing for so many years and still every single show every single week i cannot wait for friday and saturday i cannot wait to go entertain my regular customers and new people and being at the same place, yeah, with different music, but um, still always exciting. I don't know how it kept fresh. Uh, I, I start to think maybe it's my passion. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm pretty sure, yes. There was never a moment in my uh, career that I would think, okay, I quit, that's it, I retired, or I... No. There was bad and good moments, you know, when you fail at something or when you achieve something, but never to the point that I would say, that's it. Mm-hmm. No. That's awesome. I'm opposite. I, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to turn like uh, 70 one day. How I'm going to continue? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm thinking about. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But I, I believe you will be dancing for many, 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 many years. <laughs> um, I hope I'll find something to do, yeah, dance related by then. <laughs> and for your shows, do you usually improvise or is it uh, choreographies? I use some choreographies, some improvisation. Um, I would say most part is improvisations and some I call it uh, spot choreography, which is mm-hmm. pretty much when you know the music very, very well and you know like, okay, here I do this move, here I do this move, here I do third move. And everything in between you feel with the, feel in with the, what you feel like at the moment. So I, I, I wouldn't, probably if I would do only choreographies, my passion would <laughs> disappear much, much faster. But uh, no, I, um, it's a lot of improvisation. I'm really, really in, into improvisation because that's what keeps your passion alive and that's what keeps the dancing alive. And um, many times I, the improvisation leads into choreography not reverse, you know, like I would improvise to the certain song many, many times and notice, oh, I danced to it 10 times and at this moment I did this turn, so this turn must be there, you know. At this moment I did this move, so this move should be there. Mm-hmm. And 
from that, uh, the choreography evolved itself. Mm, nice. And uh, how is your practice uh, sessions look like? Like, how do you prepare for a new, like, for your next show, let's say, or how many times per week you train? Or do you have any, any, let's say, system of practicing or training on your own? <laughs> no, I'm ashamed to say I don't have a system. <laughs> I don't think I'm a super organized um, dancer, but I do definitely practice uh, and train myself. And um, improvisation is one of the things I always keep practicing, which which I do almost every day. And that includes just turn on the radio or put uh, your playlist onto random and dance to any song that comes up. So this is my almost daily exercise. And I think nothing improved my improvisation skills like that, <laughs> because it's just mm. if you do it as exercise every day, it's it's amazing how it improves you. And you'll be ready to dance with a live band or with, with anything because you're ready for anything. And um, sometimes I do it with just belly dance music, um, with a playlist on my phone. And sometimes I do it with a radio music I put on and there is a Freddie Mercury. Okay, I'm dancing to Freddie Mercury. <laughs> What's the next song? <laughs> next song is Despacito. Okay, I'm dancing to Despacito. So, and um, yeah, I think it's a great exercise. But um, when, I, when I choreograph something, I practice it like, you know, like everyone else, just stand in front of the mirror and drill it. <laughs> I do that too. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming back to a little bit more general, like, let's say, uh, gigging or mm-hmm. business side mm-hmm. of all these things, um, when you decided that uh, you are not anymore part of your teacher's troupe and uh, you want to be on your own, mm-hmm. did you already have a plan of actions on how to make it uh, work? as a solo performer like how to find those gigs how to promote yourself did, did you have any any plan already at that moment um as i told you uh, i think my teacher was the greatest example of how to um, put the business together and um, it was very helpful very very helpful because i know so many dancers who are amazing dancers with amazing skills but they lack some business skills And lacking those business skills prevent them from building a dance business. Many, many dancers I know, this is sad, you know how much talent, but nobody sees it because they're not able to put it out there. And um, my teacher was amazing at her business skills and setting up her dance empire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I think my Master of Business Administration also helped. You know, when my family and my my husband would say that uh, you don't use your degree, I would say, no, I use my degree every, every day, you know. <laughs> ah. Everything I do, I know. It's the marketing, it's the finance, it's the negotiation, it's the public relation, it's everything you ever learned in a business degree. I use it uh, every day. I really think it did help in an unexpected way. <laughs> Not that everyone imagined, but um, I definitely was more prepared for that. So... I think at that time, uh, my teacher mentioned to me that, you know, you are good enough. You you could probably have your own class. I would ask you, so what do I do next? Like, what what's my next thing? And she'll say, okay, you go, you do the competitions, you do that. So one day I said, what should I do to grow? And she said, maybe you're ready for to have your own students. 
And um, so I started to search for a, a place I could teach. And um, once I found a dance studio and <clears throat> I got hired by a dance studio, I think at that time I, I pretty much quit my uh, lessons with Sandra and the troupe because there was just no more time for everything. Because you, <clears throat> most of the evenings are busy with performing, some evenings busy with teaching, and uh, plus I have a family. I have my husband and I have my daughter, and she was little, and uh, family needs to be taken care of too. So there was no more time for the, um, my teacher's troupe and her classes. So this is how I set off to my own <laughs> sailing. And um, and the same with the um, restaurant gigs and everything. I asked her, I said, so how do you find the gigs? And she said, this is what you do. This is how you go. You, you can approach the venues and you can offer them your services. You have to build your website so people know you're here, so people can find you and hire for the events. And uh, you print your business cards uh, and all those mini, mini details. Uh, I asked you and uh, pretty much followed your advice and it worked. <laughs> mm, nice. And for someone who is just uh, beginning or maybe uh, possibly just thinking about starting a career or trying to dig into the ballad and gigs mm -hmm. world, uh, like either it's a full-time or like um, a side hustle, mm -hmm. what would you suggest as the main business skills they need to think about because we all can think okay website business card this mm -hmm. is tools mm -hmm. uh i mean if of course it's good to talk about it too but this is more accessible and i i found what's very often that artists like especially dancers they're not necessarily thinking about some skills uh, for personality that they can train to improve uh, uh, their business? Like, do you know what, I, what I'm trying to, to get into? Like, what would you suggest as the uh, main, I don't know, business skills or personal skills that people need to think and start developing if they want to be good as a... Uh, business people in this case because we are not talking about dance only as an art in this mm -hmm. case we are talking about as a business like you need basically to to sell your services mm -hmm. so which uh, um skills you think were helpful for you from your previous career because you probably definitely either had them or developed in your mm -hmm. <laughs> previous um, finance uh, career so which of those skills you feel helped you in the beginning or maybe even helping you till now to, to keep developing your dance career? Well, first of all, you have to be quite thick skin, I have to say. So, you know, people who are very vulnerable, very thin skin, it's not uh, easy business for them because <laughs> getting yourself gigs, you know, promoting yourself and, you know, asking around for the shows and everything, it's it's not uh, quite easy. You you have to say no and you have to hear no. So if things like that upsets you easily, then you may quit before you achieve anything. So I would say, first of all, you have to be <laughs> prepared for everything. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you need to have some negotiation skills. You need to know what you're worth, what you want to do. and um, you know, don't let people use you because um, negotiation skills is a lot in our business. You know, when uh, the client calls you and say, oh, hey, can you come and do this for less? 
and you have to be able to say, no, I cannot because this is how much it costs. <laughs> Otherwise, you start doing your job for nothing. Mm-hmm. So this is very important to be able to um, connect with people and, uh, you know, get what you want from them. And, um, you know, there is a, a certain people skill, communication skill, which you need to have. You have to be able to say yes. You have to be able to say no without offending people. You need to be diplomatic, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word, diplomatic. Yes, um, because you have to negotiate your rates with restaurants. Uh, at, uh, you have to negotiate every single rate at your private events. And everyone will try to put your rates down and you have to <laughs> stay on your own. Um, what else? You have to be quite probably outgoing and have personality because personality is a key. I, I, I saw... Um, I work with um, uh, quite a few dancers uh, because I, I have about like five, six, seven restaurants which I need to cover uh, on a weekly basis. And I'm physically not able to attend all the shows because some of them at the same time. So I have a team of um, dancers, some of them my students, some of them my teacher students, some of them just local dancers. And um, every week I make a schedule um, and ask dancers to substitute some shows. and. Um, when I choose the dancers for that job, um, it's not only on their, again, technical ability, but on their personality, because that's what um, the venues like the most. They will call me and say, hey, we really like that dancer. Um, maybe we don't like that much the other dancer. And I would say, why? You know, they're both brilliantly skilled and technical. And they will say, no, but this dancer has a personality. She knows how to... Um, connect with customers she's so lovely everyone likes her because she she connects with people and the other other dancer doesn't do that although she dances beautifully while she's on the dance floor and so this is the key to have some Mm. some personality suitable for that job thank you for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode and if so do you know the best way to support this project is to share it with your friends It takes few seconds, costs you nothing, but it helps a lot to move this project forward and help me to bring more awesome guests on the podcast in the future. You can tell your friend, you can send a message, email, you can screenshot and put a a post on social media, whatever works better for you. But if every one of you will share this episode at least with one more person, it will make a huge difference for this podcast. Thank you for spending your time with us, for your support and love. And until next time, keep shimming, keep dancing, and I will see you soon.